Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome to With You Every Step. This is one of my friends that we have been friends for a very long time, since we were about 16. And his name is Mark Stewart. Thank you for joining me, Mark. Pleasure to be here, Michelle. So today we're going to talk about missed flights because a lot of people freak out thinking they're going to miss a flight. What do I do? How do I cope? You've traveled the world a lot. So can you help us? Uh, yeah, I've had a my fair share of missed flights and so on. So um, I've got a couple of stories that you might find interesting and get yes. some learnings out of. Great. I love hearing other people's stories. And Mark has traveled the world a lot. So, yeah, we have been friends since we we're about 16 years old. And if you know me, you might have a guess how Mark and I know each other. Mark, can you tell everyone how tall you are? I am six foot eight or 203 centimeters. Okay, that might give you an idea of how we might know each other. Chess club. Chess club, yes. Yep. I am a hardcore, I am the queen of chess club. <laughs> <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we do not know each other from chess. Yes, it is basketball. If you've listened to my other episode, you would know that I am a basketball girl and he was a basketball boy and we played at the same club and we became friends and we've been friends ever since. And we both love travel, which is why he's here to talk to us about missing flights. I've only ever missed one flight. So I'm not the person to really help and give advice on this topic. And Mark has missed uh, quite a few flights. Oh, that makes me sound so bad, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) It does make you sound terrible. (laughs) He's missed so many flights. He's lazy. He never gets to the... (laughs) (laughs) He never checks in on time. Can you tell us about the first big flight that you missed and how you ended up saving it? Oh, yeah. Let me take you back to 2011. I was backpacking around South... America at the time. I'd recently uh, left London or, or finished up working in London. So this was sort of my last backpacking trip before moving back to Australia. So you were by yourself? Yes, I was traveling by myself for the, for the most part. So I was in Colombia at the time and it was at the end of my trip. I was scheduled to go back to uh, the UK because I had a, a, one of my good friends getting married in Ireland. And I was part of the wedding party, one of the groomsmen, so it was important that I had to get home. Oh, it does sound like it was important that you needed to be there. Yes, yes. So, um, Were I you sh- best man? No, I was groomsman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after this story, you definitely won't be the best man. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> Wait and see. Wait and see. I was in uh, a city called Medellin, or Medellin, if you read it in English, or Aussie English, should I say now has become very famous from Nacos. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 Haven't seen that yet, but I hear it's good. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I had a flight departing from Lima to London. In Peru, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way that I organised my flights at the time was that I booked the flight into South America from London and then I figured I'd, I'd, I'd work the rest out later. So everything was... So you booked these flights yourself? Yeah. Just online? Yep, yep. Online, booked them independently and I booked them separately because at the time that I was going to South America, I didn't know where where specifically I'd go. I figured I'd just get there, then book the other flights independently later. Or if I was, you know, doing overland or or whatever, I just thought I'll make Lima my 
my home base, I guess. Being in Medellin, being the last stop, I had to fly. I had a flight booked from from there to get to Lima to get on to my other flight, which was flying from Lima to London, London over to Ireland. My last night, of course, I may or may not have gone out and had a few drinks. Of course. I love that you add that in there. Of course, I may have, may not. Yes, we definitely know you did have a lot of drinks, I'm sure. Well, the jury's out on that one. I bet you they're not. (laughs) Wait until this story continues. (laughs) You know, before I went out, I I made sure I'd check my ticket. You know, yep, cool. As you do. Got the date right. I know where I'm going, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, next day rolls around. The flight was... Scheduled to depart about five o'clock in the afternoon. So I knew I had plenty of time anyway to sleep in and you know, have, have a good lunch and, and all that. Five o'clock in the afternoon? Five o'clock in the okay, afternoon. Okay, late. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I decided that the morning came and I just sort of sat down, had some lunch, watched the basketball, chilled out. And I'm like, right, okay, I'm going to go to the airport now. Grab my stuff, go to the airport. Get to the airport, look up at the departure board as you do. Look for your flight. Look for where where you where you can check your bags in and everything. Can't find my flight on the board anywhere. Oh, that's I'm always like, my What's fear. Going on? Yeah. Every so. time I get to an <laughs> airport <is> <laughs> in another country, that is always my fear that it's not going to be on there. Okay, so it wasn't on there. What did you do? Tried not to panic. <laughs> no, I, oh no, I I just didn't get it. I just was like, that's weird. So I went up to the airline staff and I say. So Where's the airline staff from the airline from you the were airline, meant to be catching, yeah, of course, okay, yep, of the flight, yeah. Yeah, yep. because there was no check-in counter really open for my flight. I'm like, well, where is it? Wasn't sure. I didn't know. So I thought I'll just ask the question. So I went and asked the question and I said, I've got this flight. This is my flight number. And they said in their reasonably broken English that the flight had departed. I'm sitting there going, what do you mean departed? It's not taking off yet. Anyway, through powers of discovery, looking at my ticket, I realized that I may have read the landing time not the departing time <gasps> so the flight actually departed a couple of hours beforehand so this was beer goggles right this is yeah. what happened <laughs> it may or may not have been the case of beer goggles <laughs> there i was in the airport knowing that i had missed not just one flight but all my subsequent flights were in oh you're connecting flight yeah significant jeopardy of my subsequent flights i had a uh, an overnight stop in lima and then my flight from Lima to London was the next morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. So, so you're thinking, how do I get to Lima so then I can catch the flight the next morning? That's right. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got to find another flight to get out of here. I'm sitting there. Well, the airline staff can't help me at this point. They said that there were no more flights departing for their airline that night. It became a mad scramble to find any airline, anything that would fly out from Medellin to Lima. I um, pulled out my laptop. I sat down on those comfortable plastic seats in the <laughs> in the dark and dingy airline uh, departure zone and began Googling frantically. Did you have Wi-Fi? Were you using airport Wi-Fi? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So nice, really super fast airport Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> okay. Well, no, sometimes yeah, no, it was, can be and sometimes yeah. it can be really dicey. Yeah, I think the airport Wi-Fi now is yeah, so much better than it used to be. So no, it was okay. And it wasn't a busy airport anyway. So I, I did feel like I was the last one left. I think by the time I actually finished trying to find flights and it was just me and the guy vacuuming the floor that was in the departure <laughs> lounge. So, but, <laughs> I have this visual of this man now just yeah, right those, next to you. Those rotating like buffer things. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know in the movies when yeah. they show that one person sitting in the terminal and then there's the people cleaning, that was you right there on your laptop. Yeah, yeah it was, it was. 
I decided, okay, well, I can't get the flight out of Lima, so what am I going to do here? So I thought, well, next option is I'll, if I fly out of here the next day, then subsequent dominoes have to fall and I need, I need to contact my other airlines to see if uh, I can move those flights. You know, on the phone to them, okay, when can I move my flight? So did to- you have your mobile phone with you? Yes. And you did you have roaming on your phone? No. So I, how were you I making had, calls? Um, I'm trying to remember now. I was using Skype credit. Okay. That was back when you could buy Skype credit and Wi-Fi calling through Skype. Yep. So I was calling the airline and trying to move my flights back. So I think it was around about uh, it would have been that day would have been maybe Tuesday, and I needed to be effectively in Ireland. The wedding was on Saturday. Where you're a groomsman. Where I was a groomsman. Oh, of okay. The, Time the, is ticking. The, the Bucks right. party was planned on the on the Thursday night too, so I was supposed to have landed there on they Thursday. They were having night. a Bucks that close to the wedding? Well, yeah, because everyone was traveling in from uh, out of town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, uh, so they were doing it for the guests. That's nice of yeah, them. Yeah. I don't so. know if I would let my future partner ever do it that close to the wedding, but anyway, carry the, on. The Irish. The <laughs> Irish, oh, they, they pull up well. They don't get hung over. <laughs> they just part. I think the Bucks party just runs straight into the wedding. So. <laughs> I called the called the airline and I, I tried to I tried to move my flight and they didn't have a availability until I think it was like the Thursday or Friday. So in order, if I had to to move what flight to get on an, the next available f- flight out of Lima to get me into London, the earliest time they would have gotten me there was I think it was Saturday morning. <gasps> so then I would have had to try and get a, a a connecting flight from London into Ireland and then get to the wedding all on that same morning that I would have flown in. So oh my it was gosh. All, I would have been in tears on the phone. Okay. I was I was a little worried, you know, yeah, because I was just thinking I've got to call my mate here and tell him that I'm at jeopardy of I'm the worst we- groomsman ever. Yeah, and, um, yeah. You know, I might rock up the morning of and of course of course we had the suit fittings and when you're a six foot eight guy with a rental suit, that wouldn't have boded well if that was if I had to do that the morning of the wedding. Not at all. <laughs> the moving of the flight obviously wasn't gonna work. So bar trying to book a whole new flight, I had a bit of an epiphany moment. I'm like, I wonder if I could inter- intercept my flight because my flight was actually flying through Miami. Okay, so you were meant to be getting going to Lima, then Lima, Miami, Miami, London. That's right. Okay, so yeah. you're thinking I'm just going to be a bit of a shifty man and go straight to Miami. I just decided I'd see if I can make a shortcut. So rather go Medellin, Lima, Miami, I go Medellin, Miami. So then my new goal was find a flight from Medellin to Miami that would get me there before my Lima to Miami flight landed, which I found one. Yes. So that one was leaving very early the next morning, but it was going to land with plentiful time to catch my flight. Okay. And luckily enough, when I spoke to the airline, I said, look, you know, this is what I want to do. And of course, I won't be, an, I, w- I won't show up for the Lima Miami leg, but will you let me get on the plane in Miami and check in there? And they said that's that was fine. Whether that's possible now with you know new booking rules, who knows? That was a bit of out of the box thinking, and um, I managed to pull it off and probably saved me a couple of grand in the process. So, mm. so you had to pay for your flight though I, from yeah. Medellin to get to Miami. Yes, yes, I did. Okay, I couldn't get insurance on that. They don't insure drunken stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why not. <laughs> they really should. Yeah. We just go to show you these days, you know, like the, the tools that you have at your disposal is things like that. You can you can actually 
Yeah, and off. like you said, if you think out of the box, I would never have thought of that. I would have just given it over to the airline and said, please help me, what can we do? And if they said nothing, I would have just cried. Yeah. Oh, fix me. <laughs> I do think something. Because obviously I booked everything direct, so my ability to change flights and everything without fees and without, I don't know, uh, and, and being given, the, I guess, the priority to, to, or if you're put on standby or something, I didn't really have where if you go through an agency or if you if you get a different fare class, then you have that backup. Yeah, which I do often go through a travel agent just to be able to take that stress away from me. I know when I was in South America, I was in the Amazon out of any kind of connection to anything. We didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have anything. And I had no idea that one of my flights to come home to Australia had been changed. And by the time I got back, I had all these emails telling me, this is the change of flight. This is where it's gone to. And it's all been sorted because if I had done that myself, I probably would have had the same stress that you did because it was not going to then connect with all my flights to come home where my travel agent sorted it all for me. I didn't have to worry about it. I just came back to this email saying done. So I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, like, you know, horses for courses. I I think different people like different things. And with travel agencies, I think that's there's certainly a place for them. Like a lot of people talk about, you know, travel agents are dead now and everyone can do it yourself online. And I don't think that's actually true. And I I hope that people still go through them because people need to have a job. Yeah, definitely. I don't agree with people who decide to go to a travel agent, get the travel agent to do the, all, all the work, and then they go and decide to just book themselves and use mm. the tra- effectively use the travel agent without paying for the service. So I think that's just a it's kind of immoral, and it affects the in- industry too because now you'll find that you know travel agencies will start charging up front for advice and everything, which and that, they do in the US. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, they they that charge just, for a quote. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and then that that models. It's not a good model that you want to be in because you want to be able to just have those discussions and and appreciate when someone is giving you those, that advice mm. and show your appreciation by saying, "Hey, mate, you know you're employed and I'm I'm supporting your industry and stuff." As long as you feel as though you're getting a, a good deal, um, yeah. And don't know. be afraid that if you do get a quote, to double check that they're doing the right thing. Because yeah. I have sometimes gone back and said, "Hey, I found this same flight that you've got there for a cheaper price," so then they matched it. So I didn't have to go book it myself. They said, okay, yeah, cool, cool. I didn't, I wasn't able to find that. Now you've found it, you've brought it to me. I can see what I can do and they matched it. So I think there is ways of still making sure that they can still get their commission and still do their job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you still get the best price. Yeah, precisely. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah, harmonious. Yeah, so good. <laughs> okay, so that one ended up getting you back for the wedding. Yes, I got back for the wedding. Lucky. With time to spare, I, I even made the Bucks party. Good. So they could do the adjustments on your... Yeah, yeah. Got the suit, suit. sorted. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a story for another episode, I think. Did uh, they, I just need to know, did it come to your knees? Is that how short the pants were? Let's just say the guy who ran the company ended up giving me his suit because he was quite a tall guy. Because so, none of his suits really ended up fitting me in the end. Yeah. Story of a baller's life. Yep, yep, tall man's life. (laughs) Next time that you ended up having a tragedy that ended up triumphant. Ooh, I like that, triumphant. This one is probably a little bit more um, 
requires a little bit more of a backstory. Okay. This was last year, actually. Recent. Yeah, yeah, recent. So we had a a bit of a reunion get-together planned with a whole bunch of guys that I used to live in London with. We decided that we wanted to go to South America. So you live in Melbourne now, but you did live in London for a long time. Yeah. I lived in London for eight years. I've been home now for about eight years. Oh, yeah, eight years. Wow. Has it really been that long? Yeah. So for all my listeners. Get nitchy. (laughs) If you ever hear me talk about me going to London... This is the man I went to visit. I went to visit Tonka. Oh, have I mentioned that your name is Tonka? Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. My nickname in uh, England was Captain Australia. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because well, I was so parochial about my uh, sporting Australian sporting teams. Oh, okay. Well, to all his friends that have known him since we were teenagers, he is Tonka. <laughs> I've just outed you. Can we tell them why you called Tonka? Nope. Okay. All right, we're not allowed to We don't have time for that. (laughs) I did go and visit Tonka in Mark. I should call you Mark. I did go and visit Mark in London for a week when he was living over there. And that's the only time I've been to London. Yeah, and I think it rained every single day while you were there. It did. It was horrific and it was freezing and it was Mm -hmm. the middle of summer. Yeah, July. Yeah. Anyway, side note, back to your story. We had this planned and we we weren't quite sure where we wanted to go as a destination, but South America was pretty much a lock. What city do we want to... So these guys are coming from London? We had guys coming from London, from New York, uh, from Australia as well. Okay, so So that kind of of seems central in a way. Yeah, yeah. So when we we were looking at where to go, it was looking at a map, finding the most sort of, I guess, where people from those locations could get to reasonably easily and reasonably directly through flights. Uh, cities like Rio, Santiago, Buenos Aires, that's Australian for Buenos Aires. <laughs> Those cities from America or from Europe and from Australia were reasonably direct. You could you could get reasonably direct flights into those kind of cities. So, And we wanted somewhere a little bit out of the way. You know, we didn't want to meet up in LA or, or you know, something like that. We something a little to. bit more exotic. Yeah, yeah. Something just, you know, something different. Somewhere that we hadn't been to before. Obviously, well, I'd been there multiple times. A lot of the other guys had never been to South America continent. So that was an, another driver as well. So that was the destination chosen. I only had a short amount of time available for the dates that they wanted to do. So I decided to just book those flights into Santiago reasonably early while they were cheap. So what kind of time frame are we talking? Well, I had six days in total. <gasps> six days yep. to go to South America. Yeah. Wowzers. Okay, so for my listeners all around the world, a flight from, say, Melbourne to Santiago, do you remember how many hours that is? Yeah, about 15. So that's a 15-hour flight just there for six days. Yep. You're intense. <laughs> okay. All right, this, this is what he does. This done, is his thing. I've done shorter flights. Yeah. I've, I flew from London to Boston to catch game seven of a NBA final series. Pretty much flew in, watched the game, flew out a day later. Love it. That was a seven, eight hour flight one way. Yeah. I would do that too though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Anything for a game seven. Yeah, so so I booked that flight way in advance and I thought, look, I'll I'll just get the flight that goes into Santiago and then once the guys all figure out the rest, I can sort of book those internal flights, which will be a little bit cheaper anyway. Mm-hmm, makes sense. Yeah, that was all sorted, no worries. So we d- we decided BA would be the would be the place to go. 
I was sitting there going, yeah, great. I've been to BA like five times. So if I'm flying all that way, maybe I should do something for myself as well. Although I really, I only had a small amount of time, thought, well, I'll do a little side trip, something that makes the trip, give it, give it something unique. Something that you hadn't done before. Yeah, something I hadn't done before that was still on my bucket list. And um, one of the things that was on my bucket list was to go to uh, the Atacama Desert, which is northern area of Chile. I'm flying into Santiago anyway. I thought, well, that's just a domestic flight up north. So anyone that's looking at flights in South America, I found that they're really expensive. <laughs> I did not find many cheap flights. We Did you find that, that they're quite expensive, even for a flight that's not that long? I remember they were expensive more recently i booked this trip to san pedro and what out of camera desert it wasn't too bad it was it was okay okay because most but of my not, flights not cheap were... like flying around europe cheap but yeah well most of my flights within south america were five six hundred dollars each oh yeah okay yeah no i wouldn't I, they weren't that much okay this is australian dollars yeah 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 so when when i first looked at the option of going to the desert i looked at all my times and how it would work i, I knew i needed to be in buenos aires on the Friday, get there and leave the following Monday. So I was pretty much, I had like a, like this extended weekend in BA. And I departed Mel- Melbourne on the Tuesday. I had pretty much Wednesday, Thursday as my days of doing something before having to get to BA on Friday. And you're hoping to go to a desert? Yeah. What better place to go when you've only got two days to park? Yeah. In the Atacama Desert, there's a city, and I mentioned earlier, called, um, or a small, it's a pretty much a country down called San Pedro. And it's a pretty popular tourist destination for people who go to that area because the Atacama Desert, it's at altitude. It gets like three millimeters of rain a year. Like it's clear skies for 364 out of the 365 days a year. It's, it's that kind of place. So oh, imagine driest you got place there for on, that one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, driest place on earth outside of Antarctica. <gasps> Fact of the day. Okay, um, I'm just going to say something later when you finish your story about going back to that one day a year. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's why I planned two days, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and San Pedro is known for, like, you've got salt flats there. You've got what's called the Moon Valley, which is sort of, you know, the terrain looks like you're on the moon. So it's is that where you go into if you're planning to go to the Bolivian salt flats? No, well, Bolivian salt flats in Bolivia, not Chile. Yeah, but can't yeah. you drive to it from there? The, yeah, the, uh, that's basically like the other side. Okay. Right. So, so if you're going to do the salt flats, can you do the salt flats from there instead yeah. of going into Bolivia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The salt flats are massive. So there's Chilean salt flats? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I thought they were all Bolivian. Nope. I thought you had to cross over into Bolivia to go and see the salt flats. Okie dokie. Nope. Sorry, I'm shaking my head. The listeners can't see that. But No, um, he is shaking yeah. his head looking at me <laughs> while I'm going, wow, I that would have been a good tip to know when I was looking at it. Because I wanted to really, really wanted to go to the Salt Flats, but mm. I just wouldn't have, I couldn't fit it into my schedule. But it's also because I couldn't find an easy way to get there. But saying that, this doesn't sound like it's the easiest way to get <laughs> there either in a very short time frame. Anyway, yeah. continue with your story. So that's what I decided to do. So I booked a multi-stop flight, which went Santiago up to a town called Calama, which is the closest airport to San Pedro, about a 45-minute driveway, and then uh, the return back to uh, down to Buenos Aires and then back to Santiago. So just a little, basically a triangle while I'm over there. And I had two days scheduled for the desert. The reason why I wanted to go there was actually not for the salt flats or anything, but because at altitude and because it's so clear skies, it's actually the best. That's where all the observatories are and that's the best for taking photos of stars, which I like to do. I like to do night photography. 
That was my driver. I thought, yeah, I'll go there, take some photos of stars for a couple of nights and then... Do you have a fascination with stars? Like, do you know much about them or you just want to take photos of them? When I was at university, I decided to take an elective subject called astrophysics. Biggest mistake I ever made. Was <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me something I didn't know about you then. No. I was like, whoa, have you got this fascination um, for something I didn't even know about? I had a fascination until I went to that course and I learned very quickly that calculating the trajectory of a comet or something is insanely mathematically involved. That's Not your cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, I'll, I'll let someone else do this. Okay, so I'll really just take yeah, photos I'll just of take stars. photos of it, yeah. That's pretty insane. But you do, you, I actually learned a lot of respect for people who try and figure all that, all the, all the space stuff out. It's, it's pretty wild. I did have a fascination when I was younger, but I never really executed any further than just taking photos of them. That was the, that was the plan. Uh, the plan was to get this, get this flight over Santiago, change over, fly over to San Pedro, pick up a rental car, drive for 45 minutes, had my accommodation in San Pedro for two nights. And on those two nights, I'd just take photos of the stars. And during the day, I'd look at salt or, or moon stuff. Okay. What, whatever I wanted to do, right? But I wasn't up there for that. I was just up there for the night show, I guess. That was all good. Left Melbourne, get on the plane to Sydney. I'm sitting in Sydney. The flight's delayed out of Sydney. Oh. I'm seeing the dominoes lined up here and I'm thinking if this flight's delayed anymore, I'm going to miss my flight. Sure enough, it was delayed So your again. flight to Santiago. Yeah, yeah. My flight, from, my flight to Santiago was delayed and my flight from Santiago was going to be affected if it was delayed any further. Okay. And then the flight was delayed even more by another three hours. Oh, my gosh. At that point, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, I'm going to miss my flight. So you're sitting in the airport and you're seeing all these delays and you're kind of going, right, okay, well. Are you getting told why it's delayed? No, uh, engine issue. And Oh, you know. okay. As soon as they say engine issue, I'm like, I'm good. I'll sit here. Yeah, yeah, I'll I don't relax, mind. Yeah. I'll wait until you get that baby ready. I'm not getting on that plane until you fix that. Yeah, just give me my meal voucher and I'll be on my way. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'll, I'll, so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, these plans that I have finely tuned, finely tuned and spent a lot of hours yeah, doing because I booked the, it all myself. To the hour. To the hour, yeah, because I booked it all myself. So I knew there was always that risk. And when you when you got such a short time frame, you're always running a very, uh, you know, on a knife edge because as soon as one domino falls, the rest of them are going to fall, which is oh. what I encountered. After that happened, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, I'm not going to get my flight out of San Pedro, so I need to get the next one. So I contact the airline and said, oh, look, you know, I'm stuck in Australia still. I'm going to miss my flight. What can I do? And they look at my flight and they said, sorry, sir, your flight is non-cancellable and non-changeable. Ouch. So what does that mean? If you don't rock up for your flight, uh, your, your booking will be cancelled. So you can't get that flight. Okay, so what about my other flights? They're okay still, right? Like, you know, can I maybe... The carry-on ones that my, keep yeah, continuing yeah, the one on. Yeah, from yeah. Kalama to back to BA and BA to Santiago. They said, oh, no, if you no-show one, you know, you forfeit the rest. Oh, so they're all linked. Yeah, because they're all on the one booking. And the way the booking systems work now is that if you are a no-show for any of your... So if you had multiple segment flights, yeah, okay. if you're a no-show for any of them, all subsequent flights that follow on, on that same booking will be lost. Oh, okay. So going back to your earlier one that you ended up intercepting in Miami, does that mean that that probably wouldn't happen now? That's an interesting question. I don't actually know. Yeah. I guess Whether it depends on the airline. Yeah. It depends on how it's been booked. Yeah. And because if that, that flight was, that was considered a, 
a different segment. That was just a stopover. So maybe I was able to. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Mm. It's an interesting question whether now just the flight booking systems have changed because, of course, now with all the low cost airfares that they offer and everything, with tighter terms and conditions. But it's a terms. And, it's a term and condition that one must know because there's been. You know, I've, I've had a, a number of discussions with other people where where they where no one ever realizes that it's like you, i i did not know that if i had have missed any of my one my flights out of this sequence of flights that i had booked that i would have lost them all certainly something to be wary of when you're booking these type of trips privately so, yeah 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 exactly i mean if you buy a flexible fare then then it's different but on the, budget on the fares, cheap ones yeah that's right that's the thing, though. You get them cheap for a reason. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. So you just got to be aware. So at that point, I was sitting there going, okay, well, what do I do? Because I, I need to now rebook flights. I pretty much, because I was, I was definitely missing that first flight and I couldn't change it, I had to rebook all my internal flights. That was a given. So where are you trying to do this? In the airport uh, in Sydney. <gasps> at the gate. Yeah, plastic chair, no vacuumer. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, when that sort of happens and you've got all these, all these grand plans and you're kind of so emotionally invested in it and when all that comes crashing down, you just, you know, I wanted all to be, the emotions I would want to be curled up in a ball yeah, crying. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I was, I was, at some point I was just, I just need to cry. It's just so bad. But, mm. you know, I think, uh, you know, I was just like, right, okay, incident management mode on or something. It's like, right, okay, alert, alert. Let's, right, batten down the hatches. Let's figure out what we can do about this quickly right because i was on a time limit i had to sort it out before you know at any point in time they could have said right the flight's boarding and i knew then i i didn't have wi-fi or anything i had to and i wanted everything sorted out before i got on that plane otherwise i've lost another day and then everything else so mm-hmm. i was just madly googling or jumping on skyscan and trying to figure out what i can do i ended up deciding i guess you know when you're in that position it's like what do you do the advice i'd give anyone first is obviously Calm yourself down because if you're flurrying and if you're, if you're hasty, then you, you're just not going to think straight. So do what you need to do to settle yourself. A bit then, of meditation, yeah, go for a walk, do yeah. some stretches, listen yeah. to my <laughs> episode with Anna Ray. She talks about how to stretch out your body. Maybe that's a really good way to do that in the airport. You can do those exercises, go back, listen to that episode, do those stretches, get your mind in the right frame of mind and then have a crack at yeah. trying to get your new flight. Yeah, the, I guess the important thing is, like anything, don't panic, right? So I was sitting there going, okay, well, what have I, what have I got to do? And the most important thing to me was to make sure that I can still get in and out of Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires, BA. I'm just going to call it BA because I always question how I pronounce the thing. <laughs> I ended up booking just a return trip, Santiago to BA and back. Just keep it simple. Just do that and worry about the desert stuff later. Because like the last thing I want is like I'm meeting up with all my mates from all over the world and then I can't get there. I sorted that out. So that was one one flight, and of course. Um, so you're still sitting this, in Sydney Airport I'm still while this in is Sydney getting Airport, figured out. To okay. Sort out the flight. So, so the most and you've got to pay for this me, yourself. When all this stuff happened, the first thought that comes to your mind is, "Oh my God, how much is it going to cost me to buy all these new flights? And what about my insurance? And da 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 da." And when I when whenever I travel, I always make sure I've got travel insurance. And me too. I generally I have credit card travel insurance, which. Which I never do because to, they be never cover me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So the credit card that I've used as my, I guess, my primary spending credit card is well regarded for travel insurance. But there's a lot of credit cards out there that tout travel insurance, but actually have a lot of exclusions. Wherever you go, uh, just travel insurance is mandatory because 
worst case scenario, you don't want to be in a position where for for the for the low cost that it is to have it, it's a non-negotiable. It is really. From my perspective, I my thing was okay. Well, I got to find out. So I, I had a look at the terms and conditions of my travel insurance just to make sure that they would reimburse me for any flights and you know whatever else that I need to rebook and and. and so I, that is because it was delayed from the airline, not because you were drunk and you missed your flight. Correct. That's exactly right, <laughs> Michelle. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> yes, I did everything by the book for that one. It's exactly. It was. It was. It was the airline that was had caused the delay. How do you prove that to your travel insurance? So the the biggest thing about that is that you want to you have to get an artifact from the don't ever leave the airport or the airline or the flight without getting a written letter on the standard airline letterhead advising of the specific issue that happened. That is your almost like your golden, your golden ticket. Okay, so they're aware that they need to give those out. Do they offer yes. to give them out, or yeah, do you have to yeah, ask they, for them? They advise the customers, but I'm sure there's there's cases where customers get frustrated, get angry, whatever, might storm off, might not be thinking straight and, and not think about these kind of things. Probably the same with when a car crash happens, you know, people go, oh, no, I'm fine, don't worry about it, you know, and they, and they walk away, then they find out that they're really sore, but they never got the details of the other driver. In that moment, you're just not thinking about that. Yeah, fight or flight, right? Yeah, yeah. And in our case, we want to fly. Yes, exactly. You want to fly, so be nice, don't fight. Very punny. <laughs> mm, I am very punny. Yes. But we, I mean, that's sort of after the flight anyway. They give you those artifacts after the flight. But the, the key thing was I knew my travel insurance covered me. So I was like, right, okay, well, now I'm, I can rebook the flights that I've already got booked, right? I, I knew that. And there's that question about, well, how do I do it? Do I call the, the insurance company and get them to pay, you know, buy my new flights or what do yeah. I do? No, you need to do it yourself. So Another thing is, you know, in those worst case scenarios, I guess you need to have the means to, to purchase flights and that might mean that you need to make sure you've got a credit card with you or something to, you know, to, to buy now and, and reimburse later or something like that. Always good to have that backup plan. Which I do not have and I, it always, <laughs> every trip I think, oh, I should get one for that purpose alone and then I look into it and I'm like, nah, <laughs> and then I don't do it. So touch wood which I just touched my table, which is wood, that I never have to be in that situation. Or I just get a credit card for my next trip just in case. Yeah, well, there are a dime a dozen these days, so may as well. Go do it. I know. Do it. I ended up booking flights. So I booked Buenos Aires. That was good. Next thing was to book the desert. And, and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out my times. I'm like, do I buy a flight on the presumption that the plane will take off in the next five hours because I didn't know. So I was kind of hedging bets. So what I ended up doing is, you know, a lot of sky scanning and I ended up purchasing a, a reasonably cheap airline, but I got a flexible ticket. So I figured, well, that way I'll just hope for the best, but plan for the worst. I'm like, right, okay, got my ticket, all good. If As long as the plane takes off within the next, I think I calculated, within the next eight hours, I was good. I was solid. Turned out the plane finally took off. I think it was about an eight hour delay in total. And so you had another eight hours you were thinking for the flight that you had booked that you then needed to be in Santiago. So it was an over, I think the flight finally departed about 5 p.m. My flight was leaving the sort of the, the next morning. I had time. As long as the flight got there, then I was good. So we take off, no worries. About four hours into the flight, they um, announced that the problem that they were investigating had returned and. Engine problem. Yes. <gasps> the airline was very good. They were very clear about it and all the customers were very calm. However, when the pilot says, 
The problem's returned, ladies and gentlemen, and unfortunately we have to turn the plane around. <gasps> no! It's the, the one thing that you don't want to hear, <laughs> especially as a six foot eight guy sitting in an airline seat going, are you kidding me? I'm just going to spend another, uh, I'm going to spend eight hours on a plane to end up back where I started. Oh my gosh. So back to Sydney. No, we back. ended up in Melbourne. Back home, <laughs> back where you started. Because Sydney has an 11 p.m. curfew, so by the time we got back over Australian shores, it was well past that time, and uh, so they had to land in Melbourne. So basically, I was in transit for over 20 hours, and I ended up back where I started. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, that, that stuff happens, and, you know, safety first, and I understand that. But Especially if yeah. there's an engine problem. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, I landed, and guess what? I had to move my flight again. Luckily oh. enough, I booked a, a flexible, flexible fare flight. for that. Desert trip. Uh, hope for the best, plan for the worst. Have, luckily enough, I planned for the worst. So I moved that flight on the hope that we would, you know, take off again and everything else. So you got back to Melbourne. Yeah. Then were you waiting at the airport to get another flight? No. So, you know, they told everyone, everyone gets uh, accommodation vouchers and, you know, a taxi voucher to get to the uh, hotel and whatnot. And they had a whole bunch of hotels planned. But of course, when you've got, you know, a jumbo jet of people all trying to get vouchers it's a slow process and this is probably a you know mark's tip i actually spoke to spoke to the airline staff and i always say it pays to be nice to service doesn't matter what services you're in never be a you know what to someone working in service yeah don't be mean to people. people they're being paid to provide a service why are you being so mean like it's there's just no need for it and you know they're the people, they're, you know, you, you're basically shooting the middleman. And I, I just don't understand. I understand when people get angry and they kind of want to vent a little bit. Yeah. And it's fine. And I've been in that position too. And generally I sort of, if I'm in that position, I, I, when I'm talking to the person, I say, look, I know it's not your fault. I'm just really frustrated right now. And I need to convey my message to you because you're the one conveying that message to you know, the people in charge or whoever. I need them to, I need them to be on my side. So generally, that's how I work. Yeah, um, but anyway. I'm known to call myself cranky pants. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being a cranky pants, yeah. but I'm tired and I'm cranky, and I need you to help me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've worked in in that area before, and anyone who's worked in it knows it's a dealing with people is the worst part of the job. Most yeah, of and what's that saying that we all get taught? You get more bees with honey. That's right. You get yeah. n- people are nicer to you when you're nice to them. Yeah. No one wants to help someone that's yelling at them and being aggressive. Everyone just wants to get out of that situation. Yeah. So if you're nice, people want to help you. And one thing I actually found because I've actually been in I've been in the situation before where flights are cancelled or whatever and you get these hotel vouchers and and, and whatnot. And one thing I learned quite a while ago was that you don't need to get that voucher in order to get accommodation. You don't need to get the voucher to get a taxi. As long as you've got that golden ticket, that that letter, you can do, you can organize accommodation, you can organize taxis and everything yourself and pay for it yourself and get reimbursed later. From who? From the airline. And do they give you a budget of how much? No. Yeah, you would keep it within reason. You wouldn't want to go and try and get, get a, a five-star hotel and then expect them to pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you are reasonable, then that's fine. And you can speak again. You speak to the, the customer service agents or the airline staff, and just find out what the parameters are, and they generally will be able to advise you. And and it's always better to do that on the plane before everyone gets out and starts a mad rush to try and get all this sort of stuff, and it becomes mayhem. 
you find. Oh, so yeah. do they know the answers on the plane that the flight attendant? Well, if they don't, they can find out because they radio the base. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Ask good. All, yeah, get all get all the answers. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, find get your, out get if, your ducks if you've, in a row early. Yeah, if you've been told you're getting turned around and you're going to have to stay the night somewhere, yep. say, excuse me, push a little button. Oh, do you want a drink? No, give me some inside information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw there was uh, so many people just running around trying to get these vouchers and lining up and waiting for a long time. I don't know how long they waited for. I pretty much walked out of the airport, got a taxi and just left. And obviously I went home for that specific example. Because you came back to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and surprised my wife. Honey, it's me, it's me. It's not a murderer. I'm sorry. Don't worry. My plane got turned around. Engine problem, engine problem. It's me. (laughs) Yeah. That was an interesting start to the trip and... Cause significant delays to my plans. Your six-day trip. Yeah, my six-day trip. So That's now gone down to five days. Yeah, pretty much. Moving flights again. At, at that point, I'm sort of sitting there questioning whether I even go to desert at all because I'm looking at the timing. I'd be questioning if I leave at all yeah, for anything. Well, yeah, yeah, was... Engine failure is like a big deal. I mean, like, oh, maybe this is telling me something. Yeah. I was so emotionally invested in getting to the desert that, it was, you know, come hell or high water, I was getting there. As it turned out, the plane did take off the next day, late in the afternoon. So, from Melbourne, did you have to go back to Sydney and out from no, Sydney, no, or went no? Because from all Melbourne the people that were that, all the people that were booked on that flight were still in Melbourne because they were being housed in Melbourne. So, no, consider it an extended delay. I flew the next day. It was pretty much a day and a bit delay in total. Landed in Santiago, just made my flight. Because we were delayed in the air as well, landing in Santiago. So I just made my flight that got me up to the desert. Originally, I had 48 hours planned in the desert. That was eventually cut down to a total of 15. Oh, my gosh. So I landed in the desert at 7 o'clock at night, grabbed my rental car and drove in pitch black uh, for 45 minutes. By myself well, on the so other brave. side of the road. <laughs> so brave. To San Pedro. Rocked up in San Pedro at 10 p.m. at night. No idea where my accommodation is. No internet. Google Maps wasn't working or anything. I did have roaming, but that that was useless out at a, an altitude of about 3,000 meters and ended up bumping into this uh, tour company. Got talking to them and said, you know, okay, well, you gave them the long spiel about what just happened to me for the last 36 hours and that I was trying to find somewhere to take photos of stars before having to f- drive back to the airport at 8 a.m. the next morning. They uh, gave me the phone number or they, they actually called this guy who was a professional photographer living in the area. He was from originally from Alaska and he'd been at the pub and <laughs> Okay. As you do. Yeah, yeah. Well it was yeah, it was ten o'clock at night. Uh, they get him to come down and see if he can take me around to some spots where I can take some photos. So he rocks up when someone's been at the pub for a while, when they rock up, you know, you can they have an aura about them. So he was a great a he jolly was, feel. Yeah, he was he was very jolly. And uh, but he was a great guy. Talk about sort of, you know, silver lining after the, the very big cloud. This guy was fantastic. And he just rocked up. He's like, yeah, man, I'll take you out. Take you f- or show you, show, show you some places where you can take photos. And he's like, oh, we can go for a walk up there. And I said, oh, I've got a car. He's like, awesome. Let's jump in the car. I'll take you out. To, I've got some awesome places. Like there's a volcano about a 40 minute drive from here. We can go up. So we ended up up at about 4,000 meters oh my altitude. I'm wearing just like a light pair of trackies and a, and a light jumper. He's wearing shorts and thongs. Oh, flip-flops. Yep, flip-flops. Yeah, he's not and, wearing a G-string, <laughs> but hey, he's come from the well, pub, yeah, maybe yeah. he is. <laughs> so we're at 4,000 metres altitude, middle of the night, 
beautiful. I mean, it's just like talk about worth the effort in gold. Try getting up there. The the stars when they just they're in front of you, and just the Milky Way is the clearest I've ever seen it anywhere in the world. The skyline is incredible, and I'd recommend it to anyone to go there. Did you get some of these beautiful photos? I did. I managed to get a lot of photos. Yeah, we spent probably a good four five hours. It was a lot. It was a long day. Yeah. I think I had all of maybe an hour of sleep before I had to spin around and go back to the airport. Can you give us some of these photos so I can put them on Instagram? Uh, yes, I certainly can. Yes. So we will put them on with you every step Instagram. Go check it out. You can see these photos that took a mammoth effort to get there to take them. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe you did that. And you literally there, how many hours did you say? 15 hours? I had 15 hours in total, of which... Yeah, that was also transit, sitting in a car for <laughs> two and a half hours trying to get there. No food either. Nothing. Well, I when I landed, I just I was all about getting to San Pedro. Of course, I get to San Pedro. You've got a small, sleepy town. Do you think there's much food available at you know, 10 o'clock at night? No, mm. but there's a man that's been at the pub that's going to take you to take some photos. So that's yeah, good. pretty much. Yeah, so I had a couple of music bars. I think that was about it. So there you go. Yeah, that was, a, that was an amazing trip. And luckily enough, the rest of the flight, all, all worked out in the end. No more delays? No more delays. I got to BA and that was all smooth and everything everything worked from there. And then, of course, I got home. I had all the paperwork. These Lodged days, it with yeah, your travel, travel insurance? Yeah, yeah. And now it's all online. You just follow the bouncy ball and sort of just as long as you've got you know, your electronic receipts and everything, then you just basically upload the files and, and, and you're done. And another good tip with that is take photos of everything yeah. before you go as well. I do that with all my electronics and I've only had to claim once and that was on my laptop that got broken on an airline at the top where you put your bag in the cabin overhead and someone had squished their bag and it's some places they put way too much in those and they mm-hmm. squish them in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they broke my laptop. And Ooh. so, yeah, so I had to make a claim. But I ended up straight away when I noticed I went to the airline at the airport and they wrote out a letter for me. So I did have all the documentation. So it is really important. So make sure that you ask for documentation for any delays or any cancellations or any breakages on anything so you can make a claim and then you can enjoy the rest of your trip. I can't like imagine... insurance 101 tips, isn't it? Uh-huh, <laughs> totally. I can't imagine how you ended up coming down from being on that high of adrenaline like you would have been just pumping mm-hmm. on the go, 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 go. And then when you got to your mates, did you like think I just need to chill out? <laughs> like I, need, <laughs> I need a holiday from my holiday. Yeah, well, that was a consideration when I first booked it. I'm like, maybe I just take a couple of days and, and, and chill before I, I go there. But I had no sleep. Like I got, I, I got to BA and I, was, and I was pretty wrecked and I slumped out a bit. But then, of course, you just, oh, no, you're on holiday. So I think... Yeah, you know, everyone knows. You know, you're so excited. You know, you don't you don't sleep anyway, and you generally find that when you are on holiday, it is go go go, and you need a holiday after your holiday. Uh-huh. Yeah, everyone says the same thing. As I say, sleep sleep when you're dead because you got to enjoy it. And so you don't regret it. No, no, not at all. When I talk about travel, and I have done a lot of travel, I've been lucky enough to tick off all seven continents. I know you've only done yeah. one more than me, which <laughs> is the one I haven't been down to. Not yet. Not yet, okay. Antarctica. Yeah, on the list. When I talk about stories, I generally the stories I generally cover isn't, oh, yes, I, I went and saw the Eiffel Tower, or the stories are, 
oh yeah, I missed my flight or, oh, this guy, you know, I got really drunk and, you know, injured myself. Who knows? Like all the, all the stuff that you would say is things that go wrong rather than the things that go right. I generally find the things that go wrong are the funny things. I, I think that that's exactly true. And that's the thing that I think people are most scared about is these kinds of things, but yet they're the things you talk about the most. Yeah, they're the most memorable things. Yeah, and I think they're also the things that that make you who you are and you learn from those experiences, and especially when you're young and, you know, you might be going on your first solo trip. It's going to make you a different person because you're going to learn things about yourself that maybe you didn't know you had in you. Maybe you didn't know you had these abilities to be able to step forward and take control and create another flight and create another path instead of climbing into a ball and crying, which is not really going to get you anywhere. Yeah, precisely. It might feel good for a second, but then get over it and, you know, get on with it. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. Through that, all that ordeal, like when people, when people say, oh, you know, traveling alone, you're never really alone because when you're traveling. Never, that's exactly what I say. Yeah. And everyone's in the same boat too, especially like, you know, when you're talking about, you know, delays or flights, cancellations and stuff, you've got a whole boatload of people. Oh, plane plane load. load of people (laughs) in the exact same boat and everyone's sort of empathetic. We are approaching our destination. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts for the final five. Your favourite city or town? That's very difficult. Everybody says that. That is very difficult. I've got so many. There's so many lists. Because the thing is, like, when, when someone says city or town, I'm always like, okay, well, what's your criteria? Do you like nightlife? Do you like scenic? No, no, this is yours. Uh, no one no, else's no, criteria. No, no, but I, I'm just going to just quickly talk through my, my thought process. In absence of a criteria, so I'm going to look at it from the point of view of, okay, pretty, fun, all that sort of stuff. So try and combine it all into one. And I, I think I've got to say Rio de Janeiro. Really? Yes. I didn't go and I chose not to go because I didn't think I would like it that much. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdest food you've ever eaten? Okay, so I can think of a few. Well, on the South American theme, of course, there's guinea pig, which is a delicacy in, in Lima. In Peru, yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry, in Peru. And, uh, and prana as well. Oh, poor little piranha. <laughs> it's really, really tasty. So in Asia, you can get basically bugs on sticks. Any any form of bug, spiders, whatever, deep fried. Spiders? Yeah, yeah, you can eat a deep what fried What kind of spider. spiders do they have over there? Do they have tarantulas? Yeah, the yummy black ones. I don't know. There's just Yummy black, black ones? <laughs> 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 just, just, yeah, yeah. So does that a, mean when you see a spider running in your house now, you're like, no, Ooh, yummy black yeah, one, I'm going to fry it. you. <laughs> They have all the yeah, just they they have all the all the all the bugs, all the deep fried bugs. You know, have heaps of different. Did you like them? Oh, they're, they're a bit nothingy. It's just like deep fried something. I had a deep fried Snickers. I'm sure it didn't taste like that. <laughs> I wouldn't put that as my weirdest food that I've eaten. Well, that was the um, question. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but they're, they're sort of the runner up. <laughs> okay, the runner up. Um, they're still pretty runners, weird and gross, up. but anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What's What's worse than that? Uh, when I was in Newfoundland in uh, Canada, I actually ate seal. <gasps> no. Yeah, the, those cute little seals. Do they eat seal? Yeah. yeah like yeah. part of their diet? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anyone ate seal. Yeah, it's a it's a delicacy up there apparently. Yeah, it's uh it's not one that I would like to eat again. Tell you that much. No, don't ever do that again. <laughs> it is. Se- I love seals. Have you swam with seals in Galapagos? Yes, I have. 
I had a seal, like the seals in Galapagos, come and swim with you. I couldn't imagine them killing them and eating them. Oh, I'm horrified. If you could see my face right now, <laughs> I am a horrified. When they made it, we really, I really struggled to eat it. It was just foul. Beaches or mountains? I gotta say beaches. South South Pacific beaches, you can't go wrong. A tourist site that you recommend is a must see. Oh, this is another hard one. There's so many. I think I'd probably put Petra in Jordan. Mm. Again, you know, if you if you look at the kind of if you consider the sites in the world and that that wow factor that you get. Of course, you get a wow factor with Pisa or or the Colosseum in Rome, but that Petra. When you see that and the scale of that and just the surroundings, you know, you, you walk through this little sort of almost like this little cave and it just opens up in front of you. It's just an amazing. Oh, I want to see it. I haven't been. I want to go so bad. My episode with Miles Dasher, the base jumper, he's jumped off the top of Petra over the front of it and down below it. It is amazing. YouTube it if you haven't seen it already. So oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I haven't been there, but it's a must see. Can you say thank you in another language? I can say thank you in many languages, Michelle. Oh, give me a couple. You know how like you go overseas and you're kind of like trying to learn the please and thank yous and hellos and one beer, please. So Of course, Aussies <laughs> always ask and yeah, learn how yeah, to say, how one, to say beer, one beer, please. please yeah, or, or five. When I first went to Turkey, went there for the whole Anzac Day ceremony, the guide that we had taught us Tishgudun which is Turkish for thank you. Never going to remember that. And he said, just all you got to remember is three sugars and a dream. To sugar them. It's not really exactly the same, but, but it's to quite To me, it fun. sounds like two sugars. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, sugar exactly. them. Exactly. But the fact that I can still even now remember how he told me to how to remember it, it's obviously stuck. To this day, whenever I know whatever I've spoken to someone Turkish, I go, hey, guess what? I can say thank you. And Yeah, and that's why I like to ask that question at the end of my podcast so people could learn how to say thank you in different languages all around the world. There you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you get Turkish. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have found this really helpful and I think it also makes you feel not alone that it does happen to everybody and it's okay. You can deal with it. You can make things happen and still enjoy a 15-hour trip somewhere. <laughs> yeah. To Sugar and Michelle, it's been a pleasure being on your little show. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. It's been great having you on. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.